Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you Episode 35, I Am The Mission Against the Military Cult of Human Sacrifice, originally published September 30th, 2022. I have a lot of... a lot of feelings going on about... the... um, the corrupted masculine the bastardization of healthy male aggression and the appropriate size and application of the ego And now more than ever, the um, the evolution of my critique of organized violence at, at all scales it's just um I just often really feel like I'm in that moment in that that film um Lawnmower Man which is honestly one of my favorites and um the I mean Jeff Fahey wow what a I mean that performance was very very powerful and Yeah, his understanding of the character, the way he expressed it was as a transmission. And there's so much to, um, so much of of an initiation into power, into empowerment, and so much from a tantric perspective. I've talked about it at length before. I will, I will not go into such detail about it now, but the, if that's my tantric scripture more than more than a lot of other things that film really is my my evolution my story of struggling to to become wise and to become powerful but to to temper To not let my insights become twisted and to not 
become uh, beholden to uh, to the warlords. That's what that film was really. Um, I mean, how do you wield your power as a a warrior for justice and and righteousness um, without being a puppet of the state? And how do you how do you not let um, what made you contaminate you <laughs> and uh, and warp your your path of uh, of of discovery and and destroy your innocence? So there was a scene in that film when he was when he taught himself to really accelerate the speed of his learning, and he was able to just consume all of this literature, all of this at that time, you know, the equivalent then, it was like CD-ROMs of of old encyclopedias, you know, that's that's literally about as much input as, as he could have at that, in the time frame of that film, actually been able to um, go through. And I think he literally was like going through CD-Rs, uh, CD-ROMs and... Um, but just like what we would do now, but far more, far more uh, accelerated. But this is like not just putting the podcast <laughs> speed on 2x. This is like him having powers where he could consume the information at a at a computer-like speed or whatever. And this was all part of this government-funded experiment and human potential. And not, yeah, without telling that the whole movie plot... It's that he does this process of really compressing and accelerating his understanding of history. And and he has to articulate and emote what it feels like to have this sense of the paradox. And if I can, I can't remember if I can remember the, I can't remember if I can remember the exact verbatim quote. Um... Yeah, I can't remember the, the exact words aren't coming to me, but the sentiment and the expression is where I feel right now a, a lot of the time, which is this um, this real remorse, this real um, sadness and and um, disgust and dismay and 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 disbelief and despair at how how much potential <laughs> collectively we have as a species how how gifted we are and how beautiful our creations uh, can be and then and then to, if you actually had to not live in cognitive dissonance and denial and sort of whistling past the graveyard about the the, the nature of of what has become this trajectory of 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 technologically um weaponized history uh, and whatever ideology you want to use to to understand that whatever framework the real sentimentality of it is is like a primal scream you know it's and he just emoted that feeling so well because he was playing this archetype of someone who was literally like learning the world um 
at, at an accelerated pace in, in, in a way that he was capable of like holding so much more knowledge in, in his <laughs> in his sort of his field of what, what he could feel and philosophize about and, and with that yeah he just had this uh, this this very very sad and disturbed sentiment and I'm feeling that a lot that uh, it's just a real a real shame and it's hard to know <laughs> it's hard to know who to believe in and what to do about it um, and I, I often think about how I've struggled to have some sort of totalizing narrative some sort of totalizing critique and um one that is able to a holistic critique that's able to continually successfully defeat any any deformed attempt to apologize for and to sustain the disaster that is um pretty much every manifestation of of a distorted male ego on this planet and uh and all of the flags it hides behind and waves and all of the laws that it writes and all of the uniforms that it wears and i think still to me the um it's like uh, there's this film called um, Mind Walk, and it's really a very beautiful, um, intellectual, very rare type of film of um, three, at least uh, two of them very well-established actors, some very famous actors, and they just basically are three people walking together through a beautiful landscape that weaves into the story of what they're talking about. It's like a a scientist, a female scientist, a poet, and a politician, and they're all the script that they're acting out in the film is just this discussion about trying to understand, trying to really come to um, some sort of collective understanding of the state of the world and to reconcile all of the tragedy that has been war and and civilization empire building and the, all these impulses the scientific method and whatnot so she's arguing what what would be if they if the word wasn't used then the then this would be basically the treatise of ecofeminism and uh from a very albeit um a scientific sort of lens even so so she would not be a quote-unquote essentialist ecofeminist but I don't want to get into those nuances I just want to say for me when I think about like if I was going to throw a movie night <laughs> it would be let's watch let's 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 watch um lawnmower man and and let that sort of philosophical political kind of it was like the dead end of the Luddite with this sort of um, cliffhanger of what would happen with cyberpunk really is cypherpunk is really what it what it leads to but um, but I would follow up that really the the heart of his inquiry 
if you to me i think about the film mind walk where it's really like how does a woman's voice help these men who are struggling to understand themselves and the legacy that of power that they're inheriting and how does this woman's voice um help to to deconstruct everything that's taken for granted about this reality that we live in that we inhabit that will torture us and jail us and kill us and roll us over and draft us and poison us and infinite other violations and obligations that are imposed upon our our wild organic tissue our flesh our beings and worst of all our our indigenous first people's cultures living in nature on top of a mineable resource, whatever that might be. The the constant, ongoing, never-ending tentacles of mechanized earth rape and all of the would-be warrior men who are made into soldiers who, who work for the apparatus of securing that monstrosity. That's what I'm thinking about now. And so when I think about Job... In, in, um, in Lawnmower Man, and I think about the the protagonist female voice of ecofeminism in that film Mind Walk. I'm like, what what is a what is a mother of like a gung ho teenager who wants to join the military right now, of any nation? What you know? It's like, what are the modern hippies saying to their rebel sons who want to go and join the armed forces? And and I was thinking about it because I was listening to I was listening to a former Navy SEAL on a podcast of a. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, invoke people's names right now, but. But it made me realize something very interesting, which is like he told a story about how how he had to like apply his warrior dharma to something, and what basically what caught his attention was a Navy SEALs poster of people going people out there doing cool shit, and uh, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, like for me, it was like Earth First. The action camps, the campaigns, the climbing trees and and playing cat and mouse with the Freddies and the mystique of the warrior was um, was for me as an anarchist, yeah, what do you have? Street battles and you know, yeah, you could be more of a saboteur, you know, industrial saboteur and whatnot. But it's interesting because I think about like, what if there were, what if there really was like a, an above ground, very formal. I guess that's what the info shops were. That's what <laughs> that's what the collective sort of hangouts were. There wasn't really a very formalized recruit recruitment. There wasn't like a recruitment poster. There was just like, this is the poster for the action camp. Like, <laughs> but it wasn't made all sexy. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, you know, it was art. I think there was beautiful art, but it just makes me think about how funny it would be to like actually with capital 
literally side by side compete with the military for recruits and say, we're, we're going to train. You see the badass shit that you see these people doing in these, these recruitment posters right here? You're going to do equally badass looking shit that's going to appeal to your, you know, very alpha, you know, self. But and and you're actually going to be defending the nation on a, on a much more uh, a much deeper and more profound spiritual level than like protecting corporations abroad and taking shrapnel for XYZ multinational corporation to continue um, working colluding with three letter agencies so they can continue to subvert whatever they're subverting in order for that national interest of of natural resources to flow into this empire's um, elite, you know? And uh, I'm not like saying anything profound by pointing that out. All I'm saying is that I find it very interesting now, 20 years later, growing up a bit, and hearing, thinking about like what's going on in the world now, where it's like now it's very, uh, it's undeniable that like you're either a warrior, you're either on a warrior path, and you're you're part of a war party, whatever that may be, or you're gonna get rolled over by somebody's war party. And um, I didn't feel that way 20 years ago. You know, the wars of the world felt very far away and and distorted in, in, in context. Um, to me, the war at home was the war to defend the, 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 the old growth rainforest. And that was, that was the war I fought with my warrior energy. And, um, but now the stakes are higher the the sense that i mean there is a, there is a real sense in me now and i and i don't i don't know how um <laughs> i don't know how uh how to if there's polls being done, but I have to imagine, I have to imagine that every able-bodied um, draftable age person, mainly male person in America is, is maybe thinking right now, like, if you know who is having a draft, um, that does not that does not mean that um, that we'll be having a draft tomorrow, but it may, but it does. I, yeah, I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you could be <laughs> like playing video games versus doing push-ups and. Going, going to the gym if you have to, or fucking going, doing anything outside, but, <laughs> like, understanding that, like, 
man man and woman everyone i mean this is this is to me i'm on a state of of high alert and um <laughs> like of all of the times that anyone could have said that someone like me was paranoid or someone like me was um an extremist or whatever it's like well fine don't don't listen to me um you know do <laughs> i'm certainly not going to coerce anyone else to do anything that i that i that i would hope that they would do but if you're listening to this anywhere in the world you might say to yourself am i am i still in the matrix in a world that is being like um fed to me in a way that <laughs> doesn't really induce me to have a warrior posture a warrior stance against the enemies of my sovereignty the enemies of my freedom the enemies of my health enemies of my loved ones my tribe my species whatever whatever that scale and scope of what you love and who you love is the matrix existed in that context of that sci-fi film to to give you a, a a fake world that wasn't too perfect but perfect enough but certainly not showing you the reality of what was going on but so now i feel like forget it i mean yeah beyond ideologies and parties and all that stuff it's like there is now a you know a, a um undeniable collusion between the great power great rogue nation a collusion between the great rogue nations of the united states and yeah i guess it's you're either allied with them or you're not but i'm in the us and i think about at least my fellow american citizens like man you have to be you know there's a place a time and place for r&r but like if if it's not apparent that like that you that you should be training so that you're prepared to defend the free world defend your own borders defend your own family i mean defend your own home whatever scale and scope is going to be like if if it was acceptable if it was like Oh, you're crazy. There's never going to be a World War Three. Everybody's just too fat and happy on prosperity and world trade and everything's fine. A pandemic might not, will never come along and knock everything out of balance in the New World Order and force, demographic forces amongst other things aren't going to cause major power shifts to happen in the, in, in the Eastern Hemisphere. Like, okay, you know, good whatever, five years ago, ten years ago, it, you know, I, it would have been a harder sell for me to get people off the video game consoles to stop playing the shoot-em-ups and go actually train and actually get, in fit, get fit and make a lifestyle out of being being ready to, to serve um, as a warrior. But now, I mean, I don't know, unless you were literally forced to go and like in the vietnam era draft like okay 
we're taking away your toys, we're taking away your whatever it was back then. And it just is what it is. And God, I hope it doesn't get to that point. But I have to say that um, at a certain point it becomes so negligent, so irresponsible to to be so complacent that you wouldn't be ready. And now I think about it, I think about this a lot. I think about, you know what? I want to be actually over-prepared so that if there was a draft and they were going to basically say, you're going to, you are going to be, you're going to fight. And if you don't have, if you can't prove that you have skills that are going to put you at a higher level than, than, than someone, an entry, an infantryman out there looking for mines, then that's what you're going to be doing. So you either shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> or you're going to be out there doing that. I'm not saying that's exactly what what the what the the options would be, but I do think about like, well, if you were if you were forced to fight, what's the value proposition? What's the value proposition for me to say? Not at the recruiting office, but at some sort of reckoning with them saying like, <laughs> we're basically nationalizing the private sector's talent, you know? So whatever you knew how to do, you're going to do that now. And that doesn't, I don't think that necess. I don't think that that requires like a coup d'etat. As a matter of fact, what I discovered is there's this thing called the unorganized militia. And if I'm not incorrect about the state of the law, that according to the law of the land, the federal law, that every man up to age 45 who's not already in the military or in very, in a narrow sense of, um, for narrow sense of reasons, be, be exempt, that basically, you are subject to be called upon to fight in 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 a, in a militia, um, in an organized militia, basically become military, paramilitary for the U.S. government, the federal government, to fight invaders, to put down insurrections, etc. And it's actually codified in law. So, unless that has changed and my legal research is wrong... Like you don't really need to start a militia because you're already kind of in one. It's called the unorganized militia. And you will get called to action, you know, if that needs be. And, um, and yeah, I don't want to put, or whatever, actually I do. I want, I want people to be fit and, and, ta and have tactical training and have, have a, value proposition for what makes you <laughs> an officer and not a grunt. If you're my age, I certainly do not want to be out there looking for mines. I want to be either doing special operations or yeah, either either as an operator or as an analyst or doing something valuable or Whatever, whatever, yeah, like, I'm, I'm thinking about that, like, how do, how do you get your, like, GED version of, um, 
<laughs> like the paramilitary GED kind of thing. Because I don't want to go be in that environment. I don't want to be yelled at. I don't want to be hazed. And I don't want to be in that fucking pill mill contract where basically it says we can destroy you and we're going to prey upon your desire to compete and to be all you can be. But we're going to basically have carte blanche. We can literally kill you, which just happened in the Navy SEALs training. And I'm sure it's like not the... I mean, I don't know about with that exact, you know, course, but I mean, <laughs> that's the nature of the beast. This is a this is a cult of human sacrifice. That's what the military is. Like, at every end, from beginning to end, that's what it is. Whether you're decorated or not, you are there to be sacrificed for some political agenda, period. For some word. And... Uh, <laughs> It makes me think of Full Metal Jacket, but um, but I like I'd like to think that there is a way to on that day of being having that reckoning of being like okay yeah the unorganized militia is now the organized militia and. You need to report for duty, otherwise you're going to be a fugitive. And when you report to duty, you're going to be taking exams. You're going to be evaluated. And you're going to be slotted into some sort of role. And I would like to say by then that, like, that I have the competencies of someone that has been through ranger school minus however many minus all the things that you couldn't do as a civilian or you couldn't do without ridiculous amounts of money. But there's a lot of stuff that is taught that even those graduates are teaching civilians now where it's not out of reach to the public and it's not top secret, classified, whatever. But I would like to think that whatever energy and time and life force prana is being poured into activities that are completely unsatisfying unrewarding and, and and going nowhere that of all times like i'm hearing that call it's like whether or not uncle sam is like literally imposing a draft on us like To me, the um, you read between the lines. You don't have to be that that intuitive or, or read read that much between the lines to understand. Like, yeah, if just because Uncle Sam isn't, you know, tapping you on the shoulder personally right now or fucking grabbing you by the shoulder right now, that doesn't mean that that uh, that that you shouldn't have some sense that like it's not maybe it's not just going to be American technology American weaponry and American intelligence that's going to be on these battlefields it's going to be blood American blood I sure hope that's not 
I sure hope that doesn't happen. But the potential for that to happen is that uh, is is far more likely now than ever in the history of my life. So what I'm going to do personally is I'm going to not slack on my physical training and and try to remain sharp and actually try to um, to be an asset and not a liability as a, as as an able-bodied uh an able able-bodied american citizen man to whom <laughs> yeah you're able to enjoy all the freedoms and do whatever you want to do chase whatever god you want to chase whatever sex you want to have with consenting adults you have a lot of freedom you have a lot of time you know but if uncle sam needs you calls upon you whether you like it or not by law as an able-bodied man within a certain age bracket and barring certain possible exemptions you you will be compelled to fight whether you're a patriot or an anarchist or whatever you are So for me, I don't want to be in denial of that. To me, that's like being in the matrix. And the reality is, whether I feel aligned with the administration or not, or aligned with the history of this country or not, This, this would be the first war in my life as an American that I feel is ethically compelling like the war, like World War II. So I don't know, you know, I don't know how I would have, you know, <laughs> there wasn't punk music really during the Vietnam War. I probably would have been a rebel acid rocker, right? During during the the uh, the the wars in the Middle East, I was a punk rocker and I did have bands, and that was my rebellion. But now, like if I was in the era of World War Two, that that's not, you know. It's so interesting to be in a time, to be in this moment where actually you have to fucking reconcile. No, you can't just be, it's not easy in black and white to be anti-military, anti-war, whether it's hippie or punk or spiritual, fucking whatever it is, that all of those, whatever merit that had in the past, which... I think my favorite quote recently was hearing someone say, I think they were from the Canadian, they were a Canadian special forces type of person, and they're talking about how, like, they were surprised that they would have, he would hear from the leftists, you know, that they're, they're not, they're, they're, they're not pro-military, and yet, without knowing it, they suck at the teat of the military. And 
And I will, I will admit to being guilty of that. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? Your your little your little punk attitude. You know who keeps that free for you to 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 have? It's the men on. It's the people, the personnel on the front lines who are fighting to maintain that perimeter of a land where the the Constitution of the United States is for the most part held up, so that you can have your little rebel attitude. So that, to me, like, the the best way to reconcile that sort of, like, awakening, the call of, of, um, of a sort of, um, yeah, the time and place to, to, to put aside all manner of ideological critique and say the higher calling is that the nation is threatened and it's a, it's a nation that is imperfect but it has built within it the the tools to to perfect itself over time and that's rare and that is worth dying for and that is something something that is something a lot of people die for and if you don't know that and speaking to to Americans, it's like yeah, like this is the first war where where I can re- reconcile for myself that um, I can be. I can be the the biggest critic of American foreign policy, of American politics, of American history, of American finance, American um, culture, whatever. I can be the biggest critic, and and I should be, and that's part of being a the civic duty, right? But like, when a line is crossed to where you have to not just be in the fucking coffee shop philosophizing about all these things like you, you there is there is a, a, a there, there there could come a time when you actually have to literally defend the borders of that of that nation that you that you're so entitled to that you're sucking at the teat of its military that, and you're critiquing it at the same time and so i'm going to be i'm going to take that to heart and say no, I don't want to... I'm not going to go join the military now. That would be worse than, like, that Polly Shore movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. That would not be... Fu- that It wouldn't be funny. But that's what comes to mind. But, um... But, no, if... If, uh... If it comes down to where they... Where they nationalize private citizens and put them into the war machine, you know... I'm not going to act like I didn't see that coming. And I'm going to, from now until that possible moment, which I hope doesn't happen, but if it does, I'm going to become a better and more skilled, unorganized militiaman <laughs> and actually not be in some fantasy world of a warrior in another mythic time and some video game reality in the metaverse. Like, I'm going to be actually training and skill building and staying fit 
and being prepared because I don't know, it could be never, it could be tomorrow. But no matter what, while I am an able-bodied man and a citizen of this nation, for all of its faults and all the things that I find regretful and, and, and shameful about it, It's still now currently in the world one of the most hospitable places to be to be uh to express your freedom and to explore dimensions of freedom. <laughs> it's nuanced, but Yeah, I mean that's that's as close to an I love you as you're going to get from me to the United States. <laughs> okay? It's a fucking love-hate relationship for sure. But I will acknowledge, yes. I will acknowledge that this is a good and evil moment in, in, in the history of modern war. And I don't see myself as like a I don't see myself as a draft dodger in this war, I guess is what I want to say. And because of that, I'm going to be ready. And I'm going to promote, <laughs> preach, promote, whatever you want, that like all of that anti-war rhetoric, it's, it's no longer appropriate In this circumstance, that doesn't mean I'm not applying this to proxy wars. And I think it's very obvious at this moment in time exactly what I'm referring to. But if it comes down to um, American blood on a battlefield against a dictator, a dictatorship or a collusion of dictatorships, then it it is it is a democracy versus dictatorship and um i don't even want to say communism i don't want to say marx i don't even fucking care about that right now democracy versus dictatorship is that's worth that's worth laying your life down for and that fucking life better be strong and capable and wise and tactically proficient and not just sitting there in a coffee shop fucking <laughs> out of shape griping about who's not Marxist enough or anarchist enough or whatever the fuck this is a time to embrace democracy versus dictatorship and to get the fuck into battle mode. Now for me, that looks a lot different. <laughs> I want to do it like the Polly Shore kind of way. It looks a lot different than going up and seeing that recruiting poster and wanting to go 
and be and be made into the tread of the tire with the hope of being the, the the tip of the spear and hope to not fucking die and have my lungs explode and die whatever of a and it be code red whatever you like the literal code red kind of thing i think i'll spare myself that and i'll just say you know what a good permaculture design course <laughs> where you're actually healing the land that'll fucking actually make me fit for combat <laughs> so i really i really believe that i really feel like if you if you were to do a permaculture design certification course that pushes you through all of the building all of the strategy and design thinking and you were and, and to me that is like um it's like when I say tactical permaculture, it's like uh, redundant because <laughs> there is nothing untactical about permaculture. So I think about like Yeah, I don't need all the machismo and dudes screaming in my face and like grinding my bones down and beating me up for not running fast enough and killing me like code red style you know i think i will um i will opt out of that path of a warrior training and i'll say i'm gonna earn my dignity as a warrior by not just doing a training course in nature, but actually living in nature and with nature and re-indigenizing myself as a human being and rewilding. And that's going to keep me fit. That's going to keep me close to, to nature. And it's going to teach me how to be uh, essentially um, an, an ever able-bodied, ever uh, always ready, always combat ready individual. And um, it's not something that I have to maintain going out of my my sort of comfy, modern creature comfort life. It's like, no. What if you what if you were dropped into the training course and you you never got to leave? Like that, you just that's it. Like when they take this when they take the seals to go train with you know the 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 force recon marines in the philippines are like no you're just gonna stay here forever you don't get to go live back in comfy disneyland world you're gonna be eating frogs and swinging in hammocks and dealing with mosquitoes and chopping people's fucking heads off with with the ganoon team like that's you're just gonna stay in that world so it's funny to think about how a lot of what the military does in terms of training is like force people out of their comfort, creature comfort bubble and like force them in small amounts to have to endure like what some of the conditions that the people who they're going to be fighting are actually living in, actually, that's their context as warriors so a, a phrase that comes to mind they they live in war <laughs> a lot of the people so it's just funny to me it's funny to think about like no I, I think i will i think i will um opt out of 
doing that kind of um, enlistment. But I like to think about how like, yeah, you know what? It, it hurts my heart to think about the mother who who was crying for justice when her son was killed by the Navy SEALs in the training course. And I like to think about how maybe um, I like to think about how my Pakiti Tertia Kali instructor, Filipino combative military adapted combative um, not just the martial art but like the military adata- adaptation of it the 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 official military um, implementation if you will of of that traditional art and something that stood out to me from that training was he's like we don't we don't close our fists to punch, we slap and hack because why are we going to damage our weapons, you know? Why are we going to um, train and and fight in a way that's going to, like, destroy our weapons? And to me, I've always been a fan of the palm strike and the hammer fist, and I have taught myself for years, like... Take a bundle of sticks, a, a bundle of twigs, and go smash them against a tree trunk, okay, and see who wins. And that is like the bones of the hand versus the bones of the skull. Now, the reason I bring that up is that from the military's recruitment perspective, it, you're all just like like they will grind through and crush the bones of American aspirants to a pulp just to find this rare genetic quality of those who require less sleep than than others like they could have done a blood test or something instead they have all these people doing all this all these circus tricks that are going to destroy their bodies and cripple them for life if not kill them to disqualify them to determine which were the ones that actually of the people who were physically capable to do whatever they needed to do they there was this very unique uh or this very um a very specific genetic uh encoding for the ability to function on lower to to have high cognitive functioning with this with a low amount of sleep you know like it, it it breaks my heart to think about all of the the collateral damage to find those people that so I'm, so I think about like in my warrior training school fantasy land I think about what my Pakiti Tershikali instructor said which is so near and dear to my heart about like fuck the people who go and train not to put anybody down, but it's like, I hear people say, God, I don't want, basically, I'm not even going to say that, I'm not even going to use a term, I'm not going to call out any style or any art by name, but I will say, the fucking tragedy of how common it is to go and want to go learn how to defend yourself and in the process get a fucking debilitating, lifelong, expensive fucking injury in the process of trying to learn how to defend yourself. I'm like, that's okay if you're the military because 
because you were relying, you have an infinite budget that is the taxpayers paying, subsidizing this pill mill, and whoever you fucking ruin, <laughs> whoever's fucking body you fucking crush, whether on the battlefield or 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 qualifying to get on the battlefield, you'll just put them on that um on that on that opioid fucking IV slushy for the rest of their fucking life that the taxpayers subsidize and what do you care next you're like next <laughs> putting your clipboard I don't like to feel like my warriors and certainly myself not that expendable so I love the idea of how can you how can you sort out people who have a weak will and who really aren't brave and who really will crack and who can't function on low sleep or whatever like all those qualities the the social and physical and physiological athletic all everything you need to be running on all cylinders with high integrity in a, in a in a high stakes battlefield with expensive equipment and like world changing history making objectives of the mission on the line like how do you how do you train and maintain the the um the readiness of that individual well in their paradigm it doesn't matter how how badly you injure them because you know they're replaceable and there's just there's always somebody to to pick up that slack and they're ready for that um so in a sense of that machinery yeah you are like literally a, a cog in the wheel and you're just a number to be replaced but i think about like spiritual warrior you know eco warrior i'm like no what if it's like your actual family like what if it's your villagers what if it's the people to where you want to be that unorganized militia and you want to train you want to be fit but but like I said, who wants to learn how to defend themselves and in the process be fucking permanently injured <laughs> in a way that's going to cost them fucking tons of money to even get diagnosed and then treated and then, then still be fucking... Then, then to be less permanently disabled than more permanently disabled. And I think about like... As a permaculture designer that's focused on people care, of course I can think of a million ways to train combatives and ballistics in a way that serves a permaculture ecosystemic design. And building it so that a permaculture site is actually defensible but that actually the process of building it is what trains the warrior in tactics that would be used against invaders. So it's it's um, recursive in that sense. That building and maintaining a permaculture uh, building and maintaining a permaculture site should have the yield that it is tactically correct and defensible, and that those who built it in the process of building it become fit and skilled and trained so that they become the human element in that system design to in partnership with the 
design features of that fortified farm site that they know how to operate it in a way that um, that augments its defensibility in addition to its features that are the hardscape into it. I have all of that kind of schematic thinking in my mind and, and I'm already just, that's just my life. That's just what I, what I do. That's what I've been doing for a long time without Uncle Sam thanking me or giving me any taxpayer funding to do it. I'm not the only one. I'm just one of the people out there talking about what it means to take pride and patriotism to a level of, of eco-defense and through permaculture and being a warrior for the earth who's going to be ready to fight when called to do so, but 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 let the training and the sort of um, the 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 qualification of like, do I know if I'm do I know if I'm able to squat in the bush and survive, you know, without without crying and tapping out and wanting to be. Wanted to go home and being homesick. Yeah, I think I've, I know that about myself. How much lead poisoning and traumatic brain injury I can I can withstand while training in boom and bangs before going into battle. I think I will like opt out of that. It's sad but true. That's just the the state of the world. That the human scale of warfare is something that only the samurais were the last to to embrace. And since then, like I say, the military is a cult of human sacrifice, and it's at a scale now where, yeah, there's no honor in having your fucking ears blown out and your brain rattled just smithereens just operating the tools to get the job done you know that's just par for the course you know there's no um, <laughs> there's no nerf there's no nerfing that now so yeah all you could hope for if you don't want to be ground into pulp from the machinery of war that you would be forced to like operate if you were at a low level, you for damn fucking better sure, at least I tell myself, you for damn better sure get yourself that tactical warrior GED so that if they do come calling for you, you're not going to have to do, you're not going to have to be driving a tank or fucking... firing mortars and you would be doing something a little more interesting um, behind enemy lines hopefully uh, where you know the operators that I like to study from they say if you even have to draw your weapon you pretty much embarrassed your host, host nation you've blown the cover of your operation you're not supposed to be you're supposed to be low visibility you're not supposed to be even a badass like showing how so it's like the opposite of the bravado of a kill count it's like 
you're you're distinguished by how li- how how little violence you have to use to get the job done because any amount of violence would be blowing your cover for the for for a clandestine and covert operation at a higher level so that's like the dream you know the dream is to be is to be um in that selection process somebody who they say no you're not just you're not just going to be ground to a pulp in the selection process and 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 we don't want you just to do things that are going to basically make you a pawn on that chessboard so another way to think about this is like coming full circle with everything i'm saying it's like this world is a fucking chessboard whether you like it or not you know whether you are whether you love it and you're all about it or you're like the woman in mind walk who is trying screaming as the voice of mother nature herself like stop this madness the reality is this game is not this game is in motion and it's zero sum and it's not fucking stopping and all you can do in this global geopolitical game of chess is hope that you have a choice hope that you have a choice what archetype of the chess piece you're going to be and it defaults to the pawn you know so I want to <laughs> I want to be be res- mindful and, and cognizant that this game is whether you like it or not that is the game that is happening and if you're alive you may not have a choice but it is a fact you are something you are some you're playing some role in some some um some permutation of a of a of a chess piece some continuum of agency of sovereignty of even self-awareness But I would have to hope that even the pawns themselves, maybe if their only aspiration is they'll, they'll be the one pawn who, who survives to make it to the other side so they can be transformed into whatever, whatever, whatever piece is then desired. That's an interesting archetype. And I will say, I was born a pawn, and if I can't, if I can't, um, like climb the ranks to be anything out of that class though I for damn sure do not want to fucking die (laughs) in combat with another pawn I want to be one of the pawns the pawn who navigates that meat grinder and makes it and infiltrates all the way through enemy lines and then is able to get redeemed and then to be made into the most powerful and I don't I've never played a game of chess where 
I had a pawn that made it to the other side and I did not want to be the queen at that point, the most powerful, tactically powerful chess piece. I've never myself wanted to be anything but that and I have never seen anyone else go, oh, I think I'll take something not take something less than that. So there's an interesting tactical, matriarchal sort of tantric goddess worship thing going on in chess after all. There's a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge from the dark goddess herself in the game of chess. But I will definitely say, you know, in this life, I acknowledge I'm, I am a pawn. No one pulls strings for me to get out of a draft. And um, I'm expendable in the sense of being in that unorganized militia. But if I can accept that reality and that fate and do one thing with that knowledge and prepare myself to be, if I look around and say, yeah, I'm a pawn amongst pawns, but I don't see a lot of pawns around me actually training to be competent, to be, to be able to be the pawn that actually survives that whole game and gets to the other side. <laughs> so... Yeah, part of that is thinking about ways to approximate that that human fucking cheese grater of like training that that they put people through. And I think for me I think it would be so beautiful if a lot of these um, elite special operator veterans who were having experiences with medicines, doing the medicine work, they actually say, we're going to go back and we're going to transform these schools. And we're going to think about all the ways that we're sacrificing in this in this cult of human sacrifice. We're just grinding people's flesh their their bones their their ligaments just in in this um zero sum game of forcing them to compete this sort of like stampede of a, of male aggression like how can you how 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 can you not make them not risk softening that intensity but actually just make it a little bit lower impact like on the joints for example you know so i like to think about how you 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 could see what a person is made of whether or not they're going to maintain their wits if you give them a moderate to high dose of edible cannabis (laughs) so bear with me but if you know what I'm talking about, it's like, like if you're if you're if you want to see if someone is going to crack psychologically or physically, it's like 
Yeah, instead of doing something, instead of doing the thing that is literally going to risk permanent mangling your actual body, how about it's like training underwater. It's like it's like training on sand. Because you care about not destroying yourself because you love yourself. And it's not cool to 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 be harsh to someone else about how they should just suck it up if they're being injured. I'm not going to be naive about what it takes to create warriors. You can't be in any doubt that they have the physical capacity and that they and that they will crack under stress and pressure. <laughs> I just think we could be doing a lot better without softening or with, without losing that edge, but actually thinking more intelligently with the permaculture, people care sort of ethic, and be like, what is the outcome that you're trying to achieve? What is it? The What is the goal that you actually have? And how can you meet that goal without sacrificing people in the process, without without risking, for anybody, risking damage to their to their joints obviously you know jumping at airplanes fast jumps and stuff like that there's going to be a risk of that that's inherent i get that but for myself like if my mission is i'm not i'm not replaceable that's the funny thing about me and my little militia of one it's like nope on this mission you can't be replaced which means you're not expendable which means you can't break a fucking... You can't train in a way that's going to fuck up your body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you are the mission, you know? And and if I live by that... by that, If I live with integrity of that rule, and yet I'm still capable and competent and fit and intelligent and have the qualities of a warrior that are important... Then, then good on me. <laughs> then I won't. Then I'll be able to serve my own purpose, my own mission, and I will be always in a condition to be called upon for a higher purpose, which would be to fight a war that I do believe is justifiable. And that's the first time again that I would feel that way in my life. Of any of the wars that I'm that have happened, any of the applications of U.S. military force. Um, you know, I would have, I would have been protesting it with my punk band. You know, but not now. And I have a lot of punk friends who are fucking dead, who are bloated of alcohol, liver failure, and they put on those fucking combat boots and those fatigues, and it meant nothing, and even bullet belts, and it meant nothing, because they never trained like a warrior. Or if they did, they stopped. Nobody told them that there might come a day when it's bigger than even America. 
it's bigger than everything they it's bigger than all of their punk values and beliefs it's hard to imagine that but I'm reconciling that now what does it mean when the world is called to fight in the name of democracy versus dictatorship How does that? Silence a lot of the, um, I mean, just humble (laughs) a lot of the, uh, a lot of the infighting and backbiting and whatnot. You put it that way, fuck, it's that, it's, that's what it is. It's that fucking real. And for me, like, I'm going to be sitting here developing ways for myself and for anybody else who's interested to be as competent to operate and accomplish missions but that the but that the training for that capacity does not risk and does not include this presumption that the trainee is expendable you know <laughs> i think there's a lot of very very interesting things that you could do towards that end and one of them just for just one little thing to think about for fun is just like <laughs> I mean, if like if all of that hazing, all of that fucking hazing comes down to like, we just have to know that if someone is weak-willed and weak-minded, and that they'll crack, we can't, we can't, we just they're gonna be the reason that a lot of people die. So they have to be weeded out, and I get that. And so like. So the method that's used in order to arrive at the understanding of who is weak and who's not is to just abuse them with like all kinds of sadistic bullying jock behavior of like um, (laughs) antics, like locker room kind of fucking antics that are like prankish, perverted, juvenile absurdity that can kill people. And I'm like, no, you know what? Mother Nature has a better solution for that problem. You want to see whether or not someone can hold their fucking shit together, how strong-willed they are, whether they're going to crack, whether they're going to cry and tap out and want to... Just feed them cannabis, man. And if it's like, you're going to sit there, you're going to have a moderate to high cannabis trip, and you have to have a straight face, and you have to not go fetal, and fuck it, man, you gotta, you gotta ruck, you know, at night, even with that, but at your own pace, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like, I love the idea about a crucible, a, a medicated crucible that's gonna meet, that, that, that you could just do the metrics, like, fuck, 90% of people, they give up, you know, they, they tap out, they say, fuck it, they're not gonna do it, and that 10, that 10% of people, or even a 1% of people, 
they made it through because they have that quality, whether it's something genetic that they that they're able to have cognitive functioning with less sleep, but that was the gene that we were that we were looking for, and we didn't want to do a blood test, so we put them to this crucible. But it's like whatever that what, what it's like that's that's what we're looking at. If, if more than ten people make it through, then this is too easy. You know, that's that's the way they look at it. So I'm thinking about what is the test that is going to make just whatever it is like only ten or less percent of people who try are going to make it through this. Whatever the fuck it is, whether it's like, um, you know, a competition of balance or a competition of spelling or whatever it is. But in this case, this is about like surviving really demanding intense stressful prolonged physical um and psychological uh deprivation and stress and i feel like to synthesize that filtering out of the weak that, that that results in so much collateral damage of so much um so much people literally dying and being traumatized emotionally and the sort of the hazing that's done that's very sadistic and very torturous and abusive and just like again the training causing more trauma than 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 it was supposed to protect you from the kind of things that they do I'm, that I'm aware of like no can we be a little more mature about this? If these boys' mothers were watching, how would you not? How would you change your, you know, your methods? If you had any respect, and if you think about it from a, you know, sp- spiritual perspective, there are forces watching our conduct. So, you know, for me, yeah, Mother Nature, respect, holistic, people care, all that good stuff. Well, I really feel like. Almost any task, whether it's fucking tying your shoes or fucking like decrypting some fucking like top secret, you know, Mission Impossible objective or something or loading a weapon or climbing a mountain. I think most people who do not have a warrior spirit, they will be disqualified in the ratio that you're looking for. And all you had to do is feed them a little bit of cannabis to find out that they don't have that overcome at all odds, Charlie Mike, continue mission, improvise, adapt, overcome, positive mental attitude, intestinal fortitude, that alpha quality. I don't think you can't fake that through through a high dose edible cannabis experience, and uh, I think a lot of people who look the part will be reduced and to crumbling pools of of tears by the power of that fucking medicine and the wisdom of it. So that is like the crucible that I think is really interesting. And it would not cause permanent physical damage. It might make some people have some emotional, you know, reckoning that is going to take. Because, yeah, you take a high dose cannabis trip. It is psychedelic and you will learn something and you may discover that you are a monster and you need to go get help. But it is not going to physically disable you or kill you. <laughs> like Versus SEALs training where you could be killed 
psychologically maimed, humiliated, traumatized by bullying, killed, poisoned, etc., etc., all just really at the end of the day to ensure that you were one of that you weren't one of those 90% of people who under almost any circumstances when they're called to complete a mission they're going to they're going to find a way out of it they're the clock watchers of the world i think you could save a lot of money you could save a lot of va budget va costs and just like say hey fucking turn the fucking um <laughs> turn the the recruiting office into a dispensary and be like hey let's all hang out whoever is still talking geopolitics waxing poetic and after being highly dosed on cannabis it's like yeah whoever's sticking around they're your people man they're they're the ones who are going to be with you in the foxhole you know what i mean (laughs) there you go put that in your pipe and smoke it but very seriously speaking this This is a time to be on high alert (laughs) and choose whether you want to fight and die for democracy or for dictatorships. Cheers. Because I'm training for you We got a lot of 